the gospel according to John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jewish leaders sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let's have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said. Now, they had been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, Why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. Now this took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Who are you? Where are you from? This is the emphasis from this story. Maybe you noticed how many times the gospel referenced who sent the people who appear in this story. John is a man sent from God. These folks who came to ask him questions, were sent by priests, Levites from Jerusalem, sent by the Pharisees, not from God. Now this isn't some thing about Christians versus Jews. These are Jewish people talking among themselves about the very presence of God. So maybe we can recognize these conversations could just as easily happen among Christians. And the question is, who are we? Who are we from? Where are we from? Sometimes I think it's really helpful to remember that what we have in Scripture is a language, a metaphor, sets of metaphors to talk about things we can't otherwise talk about. This story comes to us as, as a metaphor for what we could never explain. What it means to be from God. What it means for God to be in our midst. What it can possibly be like to be present to that presence. Aware of that presence. 
you know, acting on behalf of that presence, following a calling given by that presence, or not. You know, it's not that these folks are beyond God. John says, among you stands one whom you do not know. The question here is about how are these people going to be awakened to the one whom they do not know? How will they recognize the one that they do not know? And the good news written all over this passage is that one whom they did not know, one whom we do not know, is in our very midst, is right alongside us, is in it with us in this life. That means, ultimately, we are all from God. Even if our allegiances may be to other places. And I've been to, uh, I've been to trainings, as an example, where uh, the way that they have invited all of us to invest ourselves fully and deeply for the entire length of this training, of this period of education, is to remember who sent us. In a sense, who are we accountable to? Who paid our way to come to this training? Who's going to expect that we bring something back from it and have something to offer to them? Who sent you? The one who sent you, you, I'm talking to you, is God. You, like John the Baptist, are a person sent from God. I truly believe that these other folks are too. They just didn't know it. Their allegiance was somewhere else. This metaphor for awakening, it can be for us a kind of metaphor for this time in Advent. This is a time for awakening all the more to the deep gospel truth that you, me, we, all of us together, we are sent from God. And that, just like for John, can create some tension, confusion, misunderstanding with those around us. I mean, these folks who come, they come, they're sent because something's going on out here by, in Bethany across the Jordan. They have a sense of what it is. They want to pin it down, exactly. But John's elusive. That's what happens when we are from God. We are somehow elusive to those around us. We are somehow hard to pin down, maybe frustratingly so. But flip that around, that's exactly how God shows up in our midst, in my own experience, of my own inner experience of God. Frustratingly difficult to pin down just when I have a, that sense, that feeling of 
calling of being from God. It's just an ordinary day, once again. I'm just another guy, once again. Try not to be afraid of those days or of those feelings or that sense of, well, if I really was from God, if I really had a calling that was important as yours, Pastor, well then, I would feel X, Y, and Z, or X, Y, and Z would have happened to me, or I would have done this, that, and the other thing. Nope. Just like I said, the presence of God in our lives is frustratingly difficult to pin down. And that's the good news. Just because we don't feel it, just because we don't see it, doesn't mean that it's not true. That God is deeply invested in you and in your life, loving you, caring for you, even in the midst of the worst. God knows exactly what you need and finds a way to provide it. In the ups and the downs, among you, stands one whom you do not know. One whom we, during these watching, waiting, working Advent days, are trying to become more attentive and aware to the presence of. Don't be afraid. You know, it's when we kind of have it all figured out, right? That's when the real problem comes. I mean, that's that's sort of the source of the tension here with John the Baptist and these folks who come from Jerusalem, they are the ones who have it all figured out. Jerusalem is the place where the religious power is, the, where the political power is. That's where they're coming from, the place where we are the ones who have it and you don't. No wonder their confusion. No wonder the conflict. But the point I'm trying to make is about you. God's care from you is a, is a result of God having sent you, God having created you and loved you from the beginning and sent you into the world to be a, to be a, a sign, stained glass, a, a messenger, a witness of light and of love. I mean, John has this kind of mystical sensibility to it. This way that beyond words, uh, this kind of pushing at the boundary of language to, to identify and awaken in other people things that it's just impossible to explain in any other way. One mystical teacher in my life uh, puts it this way, that If God stopped loving us, we would just cease to exist. That God's love is what makes it possible for us to live and move and have our being. If you ever think God doesn't love you, just the question is, are you alive? Yes. Not just are you alive, but have you existed ever? Yes. That is God's love for you. Even your, they also put it this way, that 
it's not that God enters into reality. It's that God is, the, is reality itself. God is the infinity of that reality. You, your presence is the very presence of God. Exactly because you, me, we are nothing apart from the presence of God. So that our very presence and existence, everything we are and can be, everything we do and can say, is a witness to a light that is not our own. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. We may act and speak contrary to that reality, but it does not obscure the truth that we came to testify to the light. That is exactly why God sent us. You know, a lot of times I can feel even now like, how do I put these things into words? It just doesn't bear explaining. I feel like I'm going in circles. I feel like I'm saying nothing. That's the way it is. God reveals in us, in words, in visions, in prayer, in dreams, things that we can then never communicate to anyone else, not in an explainable kind of a way. I mean, maybe as much of this fumbling awkwardness of this conversation has to do with John's struggle to put into words this, this kind of unspeakably glorious calling and sending that he received from God. This way in which his own life has touched on the impossible light of God and now he can do nothing but witness to it, testify to it, and yet he can't even find words. So what does he do? He uses water. He puts himself in a place by the Jordan River that has meant something to God's people for a very long time. And he starts washing people with water. Maybe because he can't even find the words. Everything that we get to do and be points to God. There is actually no way that we can point in any other direction. We can fight it. We can rebel against it. We can try to deny it. But the fact that we exist and live and breathe, truly enough, you are from the light. You, as you are right now, testify to the light. And we are watching and waiting and working together so that it is that light that shines through us 
all the more. That light that shines into the world all the more because what Jesus has done for us. Thanks be to God.